Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Staying Forever Strong. Today I have Nick Macaron, a mental health therapist, and he was also on Big Brother 21. Um, you guys also might have seen him on the mental health event we had. And yeah, so we're going to just talk about how his journey with mental health and how he stays strong. Hey Nick, how are you? Good. Hi Alexa, how are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be back. I know we just talked, uh, I think like last Friday, I believe, or Thursday. 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 Yeah. So it's been like eight days, but, uh, here I am again. I know it's fun. Um, I know I love talking about mental health. I think it's so important. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's something that's not talked about, about enough, especially for, I would say males. Um, we don't talk about it enough and I think it's extremely important to, be able to just be comfortable in your own skin and your own body and your own experiences and talk about it. Um, you know, therapy doesn't always necessarily have to be the worst thing in the world. It's, it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be helpful. It's supposed to be comfortable. You don't have to be going through a big life crisis to go. You don't have to have intense anxiety or depression to go. You know, you can just, maybe you need some, you just want to talk. You just want to vent. That's fine. Go ahead. That's what we're here for. We're here to listen. I think it's important, too, because, yeah, you can talk to family, you can talk to friends, but it's kind of like that outside view who's not biased, doesn't know anything. Exactly, yeah. Like, as uh, you know, as a therapist, we, we, we stay on bias as we can. It's We are there to help someone else. We're not there as a friend. We're not there as anything other as someone that is there to listen and provide guidance um it's not up to us to judge so that's not something that we do we turn it off or at least we're supposed to turn it off um i know that i've heard things that if maybe my friends told me i'd be like wow like what are you doing but you know when when you're locked into therapist mode and you're and you're locked into the patient and you know your main concern is how can i provide them guidance to help them better themselves it's not something that I want them to change it's something that they want to change and I think that's a big thing you know that's why all clients should make their own treatment goals um because yes we might see things that we're like okay they need to change this they need to change that but but it's not up to us it's up to them so we we don't talk to them about things that aren't in their you know goal or in it, it, like that that's not in their objective i should say like it has to be something now obviously we can you know it's important to bring up concerns at times and it's important to you know let them know if something's going on like that maybe we see um but you have to make sure that you're doing it very unbiased when you do it no i yeah i agree um i actually have a question so i always like i think i ask a lot of therapists this i'm just very curious how do you like turn it off? Like after you're done with the day, like when you listen to so many stories of, or different mm -hmm. things, it's, I feel like it's going to be so hard to just turn it all off. I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, not that you become numb to it, but I think you become so used to it. Um, you hear these stories all the time. So it just becomes almost regular. Yeah. Um, not to where like you don't feel like like you're not empathic to them anymore or you're not like feeling for them like that still happens and you, you still feel for them but I think it's it's a different level it's a different 
experience and you also have to understand too when you come home if you're thinking about your 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 clients or your patients whatever you call them and you're thinking about them non-stop you're going to burn out it, it, you yeah. have you have to turn it off there's not there's not a choice so um when i get done work you know I, I typically don't think about the kids that i work with um i you know i'll think about them in a positive way but i never really think about them in a, in a negative or like what they're going through um i just, just focus on it when i'm there with them and and that's it you're probably also trained in a way too to do that i mean just yeah, you just are, yeah i mean you just understand burnout you, you understand that it's it's a real thing and that it's a problem and if you don't turn it off, you, you, you will burn out and you will not want to do it anymore. And also like just from constantly going and talking to kids and hearing their stories and some of them obviously, you know, aren't the best. You hear it multiple times. You kind of get used to it, which is a sad thing to even think of, but it's true. No, I, yeah, I see that. That could, especially when you've done it for so long, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe getting, it's a little bit harder, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the beginning too, when, you know, you have practice, um, we call them vignettes in school, but when we're in grad school, you know, you have the practice ones, the the stories that are hurt your heart, but you know that they're fake. When you sit down and you have that first one and you hear that, you know, the child may have been abused or whatever the case may be, then yeah, I mean, it, that hurts. Um, but like I said, yeah, as you just continue to go, it, it you continue to kind of get used to it, unfortunately. Um, what made you decide to go into therapy? Honestly, that's a great question. I, I don't even know. I mean, I've been in therapy a couple times before in my own life, and um, they've helped me significantly in, in, in different times. I, I took a psychology class my junior year of high school, and I just loved it. And I remember loving it, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I've always been good at helping people. I want to make this a profession. And at first I was like, I'm going to be a psychiatrist. And then I realized how long school was. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going into school until I'm 30. Like, so let me just be a therapist instead. So I had it pretty much all mapped out going into my senior year. I took an AP psych class. I knew I was going to go to community college. And then I was going to commute to a four-year college. And then I was going to commute to a, you know, graduate school degree. I just kind of had it all figured out. Um, I would have loved to go to a big school um, for sports, like a big D1 school, but where I live in Jersey, there's, you know, only really like Rutgers and Penn State and, you know, they're not my favorite sports schools, I would say. So yeah. um, to me, it wouldn't have been worth it. Yeah, I went to Michigan State. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, like that's like a nice school to like go to. Um, for sports, you know, you have Tom Izzo coaching, coaching basketball. He's one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. Um, and even I think was it Mark D'Antoni is, is the football coach? I believe. He was, yeah, I think he last year he left. Okay, yeah, but I mean, at least they were like solid enough to where, you know, it would probably be an amazing experience to you know go to games and stuff like that. We just we don't have that around here, and uh, yeah. I'm not fifty racks a year to to go to a D1 school if they're not going to be good at in multiple sports so yeah I didn't um I was never a huge sports fan so like I went mm-hmm. to freshman year but other than that I really didn't go I I just always wanted to go to state and I knew I was going okay. to, to state school so that's oh like, you live in Michigan yeah 
Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah. we we just don't <laughs> like. I always said that if I lived in like Texas or or Florida or Cali, like they have so many great D one schools with, that are sports related that I would have loved to go to, but it just wasn't happening around here. So yeah, I just chalked <laughs> it up. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, because I did communications, and like state has like the number one communications program. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that until I was already there, but. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Well, I'm sure it worked out for you. It did, so it was good. Um, Yeah, it's good. So, kind of like, I always like asking this to everybody, because it's like, Mm -hmm. it means a lot to me, like, staying strong, because I've learned a lot from my accident that I was in, and with my chronic pain, and it can be really hard, like, when you're dealing with stuff to stay strong so I love to hear other people's stories on how they stay strong during hard times um you know I don't experience what you experience in that sense of of the chronic pain I can only imagine what that's like and what that's is to experience every day but in regards to hard times for me um I talk I talk it out I'm very big with perseveration I and I don't like like that I am but it's you know part of the anxiety where you perseverate and for people that don't know what perseveration is it's when you constantly think about the same thing over and over um sometimes you'll see kids do it if you like take their you know video game away they'll ask you like eight times like oh my god when I get back when do I get back um that's something that I do when I'm anxious so if there's something I'm anxious about I'll continue to think about it which you know isn't great um so I typically I, I know that I do that and I will talk to I'll just call a bunch of people and I'll just talk to them and say, and I'll always tell the same story over and over and over again. Um, and it helps me process it. Um, if, if I'm struggling enough though, I'll get therapy. Um, I know initially when COVID first happened, I would probably say around like May, maybe yeah, April, May, I definitely wanted to get therapy again. Um, you know, I'd had two different therapists in the past, which were amazing, but I was, you know, going to see someone else, but due to COVID, you know, part of the reason I was struggling was because of COVID, but I wanted to see someone um, in person. I didn't want to do online. Yeah. Not someone that I hadn't met before. I wanted to really be able to connect with them in person. So I didn't end up doing it, but therapy is like a huge thing. Um, just being able to talk and, and, you know, depending on how I'm doing, like sometimes I'll just, you know, be when I'm the patient, not when I'm the therapist, I'll just be talking the whole time, just sitting there and, and just letting everything out and they're just sitting there and just, you know, they typically just have a smile. It's the easy sessions when you have the patient that's talkative. So I'm probably, probably going to have, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you just, you just talk it out and you just feel so much better. You don't have to have substance to what you're even saying either. You know, it's, it's your, it's your session. So you can talk about whatever you want. Um, so just recognizing that if you're struggling, like, I need a little extra help. I need someone like to actually talk to and kind of help process my thoughts because you can't do it yourself. You know, you can try to process your thoughts in your own head. It doesn't work like that. Um, the self talk does not really process it. It needs to be out loud and it needs to be to someone else. And, um, at least, at least for me, I, I've tried to self talk. I've tried to use therapeutic techniques on myself. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just, I feel like recognizing where you're at and yeah. and the ability to be strong enough to be like, okay, I know I need help. 
I think that's a a big thing. It doesn't mean that you're weak, you know. Sometimes you just need a little bit of assistance, and that's fine. It doesn't mean that you're not tough. You could be the toughest person in the world and get therapy. Sometimes you just need a little extra boost. It's it's not that big of a deal. Right. No, I I agree, and I think that it is important to for people to understand that that it's not a bad thing. Like if you need yeah, yeah. therapy, it's actually a really good thing. And I think everyone should even do it because everyone struggled at some point in their life. Right. Like I think I'm, the shirt I'm wearing right now, I'm pretty positive it says own your stigma. Um, oh, so, yeah. So yeah, I try to throw it on for, you know, cause I knew we were going to be talking about mental health. So I was like, I got to throw my shirt on. That's um, like me. I'm doing my forever strong. You just can't see it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that it's it's just important to, you know, be comfortable enough in, with yourself to be able to talk about something if you're struggling. Um, that's how I do it. I, I know my weaknesses. I know what bothers me. And I try to just be self-aware of it, and it helps me. Something I definitely learned recently or have become able to do it more is when I am having anxiety, instead of trying to distract myself away from it, I kind of mm-hmm. accept it. And like know that I'm going through something right now and it's okay. And I just kind of yeah. let it be. I think that's helped a lot because it goes away a little bit faster. Right. Yeah. So I think we had briefly talked about this um, yeah. on Thursday, but um, it was one of the um, therapies that we briefly learned. And I always forget what it is, if it's ACT or ACT, but it's, it has to do with acceptance and commitment therapy. I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for, but I'm not positive. But I remember that one of the things that it was an article that I read and it was the best article. And essentially it was uh, like a tiny activity. And it's like, you know, have this person hold a binder in front of their head, right. Or a book or a pillow. And you talk to them and you say, okay, how many fingers am I holding up? And obviously they can't see you. So um, they would say, I'm not sure. Or they would, you ask them to hold something else and you would say, you know, can you hold like a baby right now? Can you hold a drink? And obviously whatever they're holding in their hand is representing anxiety. And they were like, no, I can't because I have this in my hand. And then you tell them, okay, now put that on your lap. That's your anxiety. You know, it's there. You know, it, you know, your anxiety is there, but now how many fingers am I holding up? And now can you hold what I asked you to hold? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what's the difference? And it's like, the one scenario you're allowing your anxiety or whatever's bothering you to consume. And in the other one, it's still there. It, you know it. You see it right in your lap. Yep, there it is. But guess what? You're not allowing it to consume you. You're accepting that it's there. And, and it's a big thing. You know, and I, I briefly touched on this before, but with our other feelings that we have, we typically just experience them and we don't give them any extra thought. If we're happy, if we're angry, um, you know, typically these things just happen and they, and they just go. But when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression, the feelings of sadness, um, they're so uncomfortable that what we try to do is we try to avoid them. And what happens when we avoid and we avoid and we avoid, what happens is it builds up and up and up and eventually it needs to come out. Um, so sitting with your anxiety or sitting with your depression and understanding it and be like, I'm feeling like this. It's just the feeling. It's okay to feel like this. It, it goes away so much quicker. And, and it takes time in the beginning. It took me like 30, 40 minutes. 
um, now sometimes I can just sit with my anxiety and be like, I'm anxious right now. It's normal to be anxious. I'm on a TV show or I'm going yeah. on a date, whatever the case may be. And your anxiety, you know, you just sit within and feel the anxiety and know that you're anxious and just be like, I'm anxious right now. Like, that's fine. And just kind of normalize it and just keep going and, and know it's there. And eventually it'll just go away, like within like five, 10 minutes. And it's amazing when we just allow our body to experience what it's trying to experience and trying to process, it just goes away. But it's when we hold on to it or we deflect it because we don't like the way it feels is when it, it stays with us even longer. So yeah, acceptance is huge. It's just really hard. Yeah. I think it's just because I've had it for so long that you kind of just learn. You kind of have no choice but to accept it at some point. Sure. I mean, I, I think for, you know, one of the best things I've ever heard in th- therapy was that you don't have to live with anxiety. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you don't have to live with anxiety. No, obviously anxiety has its purposes. You're, you're not, you're never going to be able to be anxiety free. Right. Um, but like, have to be anxious to a, you know, what we would say a clinically significant level, like where it's causing impairment, like not right. it. You don't have to live like that. Like there is ways, there's therapy that can help you, um, you know, Sometimes we we develop these core beliefs and then we have automatic thoughts that come with them um, and they all kind of intertwine and it's up to the therapist to kind of identify them, identify what these beliefs are, what these, what their thoughts are, which help us identify their core beliefs and then help them. Are these rational? We call them cognitive distortions, but are your thoughts rational? Where did they stem from? And what evidence do you have to support them? Or how probable are they? Um, you don't have to live with anxiety, like to a full extent, like you don't. And if that doesn't work, if therapy's not working, medication works amazing. Now, typically through, you know, um, studies, the best uh, to help reduce symptoms is therapy plus medication but you know some people aren't comfortable with medication which is completely fine some people aren't comfortable with therapy but I do agree that it is you know beneficial to receive both but you don't have to live with anxiety you, you don't you really don't you don't I, before the show I was probably I probably had a four-year period where I was so stable so stable I mean I'm getting back there now you know it's been <laughs> what we got off September eighth or twenty ninth, so it's been like fourteen months, but um yeah, I'm finally starting to, you know, knock on wood, get back to where I would like to be. But yeah, I was for like four or five years and I know people are like, How do you do it? You know, how'd you want to show when you're anxious? But it was like I, I had it under control. <laughs> like I really did. I was doing amazing. So um and that show breeds anxiety too. If you can go on that show and not be anxious and you're a you're a beast. Because like you're constantly <laughs> paranoid anyway. So but again, that's normal. Like you normalize it. Like I'm on a TV show, everyone is right now. Like yeah. there's no way. So it's just kind of being self aware. But like I said, you do not have to live with anxiety. Like not not to where it's affecting you daily. Like you can get through it. Yeah, I know that's and it's true. What you're saying is like a hundred percent true and I've like starting to learn that I think. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to kind of hear, especially when you live with it for so long. I remember, you know, it was something that my second therapist had told me and, you know, I was going for depression at that time. And it, I just remember, I remember sitting there. I remember the conversation. 
I just it cl- it clicked with me so much. And she was like, "You don't have to. You don't have to live with anxiety." I remember just sitting there like laughing, like yeah, whatever. But she's like, "You don't have to live with it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, and we just kind of talked about it, and it just made sense to me. Um, but yeah, it's a hard thing to grasp, especially when you've it, it's affected you in such a negative way before. Um, now we're hypersensitive to our anxiety, so when we feel it, it's something that we're more conscious of. Whereas up until, you know, I was a sophomore in high school when I first developed, like, I guess, you know, anxiety, like, to where it was, I never thought about it before. I didn't even know what anxiety was <laughs> until I got super anxious. And I know that sounds crazy, but, like, we were getting all these tests done. We had, I had no idea. I didn't know what, I literally didn't know what it was. I didn't know. And I remember hearing it, hearing it and, and being diagnosed with it. And it was such a relief because I just wanted to know what the hell was wrong with me. So, um, then it's like that uphill battle of now, even though you know what it is or you have a name to it, it's like now the treatment or trying to figure out how to like help it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I wanted it so bad. I wanted help so bad. I didn't want to live like that. It was brutal. So I, you know, I was just in an absolute struggle. I'm pretty positive when I first started going to therapy, I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was going like twice a week, which is a lot, um, for, outpatient but like I couldn't I could barely go to school like so it was a struggle um but yeah just you know as time you know you continue to process 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 start doing things out of your comfort zone a little bit little baby steps and it just you just see the improvement of uh, of how it goes wow such a spot sorry for cursing but I was in such a bad spot when Oh my gosh, when I was in high school, it's like something that I do not miss that, that feeling of anxiety where, you know, the struggle for to go to school, <laughs> the, having the relief for maybe an hour or two after school and then being worried about the next day again, like that just wasn't it. Yeah. So yeah, it was tough, but you don't have to live with anxiety. That's all, that's all I have to say to everyone listening. Like you can get help and you can and go away to where it's not bothering you anymore well thank you for sharing your story and sharing that advice and just putting your heart out there i so appreciate it yeah no absolutely and i think no i think it's extremely important to be to be said especially you know as a male it's you know they had the stigma of mental health i think it's important um but one thing i do want to touch on real quick before i go i get this question a lot and it's well, how do I, how do I find a therapist or how do I find a provider? And so what you need to do is you just call your insurance company up and they will give you a list of providers that are in network of your insurance company. Um, and then you just call the companies and, you know, pick and you can go and get the intake done, which is the initial session of where they gather information about you and you can, you know, not click with them and that's fine. And then you just, get someone else <laughs> that's okay to do um thankfully for me I, I only had to do that one time you know I went to someone and I just didn't click with them and I went and got someone else like you'll know if you click right away and the other two therapists that I had I click with like right away so um you know it's your decision and whatever whoever you want to speak with like that's that's your option so don't be scared to to call don't be scared to get help I understand that you may be worried to you know express yourself fully to someone that you don't know 
Um, but no therapist or no good therapist is going to ask you the nitty gritty stuff in the beginning. Anyway, we're, we're not going to dive deep. We're just trying to build a relationship with you. Um, and you'll find that the more comfortable you get with us, the easier it will be for you kind of just talk about it. It's not going to be something that we even have to bring up. It's going to be something that you address. So yeah, just wanted to say that. That was a good way to end it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, I so appre- I so appreciate it. And this was another episode of Staying Forever Strong. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.